okay, I'm back. I've returned. What's going on, guys? As of late podcast, this is your boy Titus here. You know, always giving you the ones and twos on this pleasant Tuesday evening. Uh, hope you guys had a nice weekend. My weekend was pretty straight. Um, chill with the fam, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Chill with the fam. Chill with the uh, homies out there on the streets. Uh, salute to the homies out here in 704. And um, salute to everybody that's listening, man. Everybody's listening wherever you're at. From the East Coast to the West Coast to the South Side to the North Side, man. You know, I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody listening, everybody tuning in when you can. Uh, like I said, I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Didn't stress you out too much. Everybody on their grind, if they had to do the work over the weekend grind, I hope they didn't overwork you and didn't stress you out. And, you know, they're going to do your damn thing out there. Uh, but on this Tuesday, you know... uh. I'm going to talk about a couple of things. I want to do the recap, you know, dealing with the All-Star game, dealing with the dunk contest, dealing with uh, just that whole honoring um, the great one, the great Kobe in general, you know. I mean, first of all, I feel like the All-Star game was pretty dope. I feel like um, this was the most competitive one. I mean, you could feel the you can feel the the spirit of Kobe in there, you know. It was dope to see from the tribute that they did that I I forgot that Jennifer Hudson even could sing like that to um because I don't really listen to her like that and so I honestly I I completely forgot she could sing like that up until I like she um like what was that what was that album not album that uh what is it um dream girls the the um the movie like I man I forgot all about that and so when she started daggone laying it down like she was laying it down I was like my god and it makes sense because um at the same time she's from Chicago and so they had a lot of um they had a lot of the Chicago artists doing like the tribute from Chance to um even Common I feel like Common was up there um like I said Jay Hood Jennifer Hudson she did a phenomenal job and they did a they did a phenomenal job of just honoring him like I feel like he needed to be honored uh, one side of them um, one group of the players played with two which I want to say is Gigi's number and then the other side played with the um, the 24 which of course is memorating Kobe and uh, you could tell like Chris Paul said the best way for them to um, the best way for them to continue on or like you know live live his legacy was to play all out like how he would have played because you know Kobe didn't care if it was a a preseason he didn't care if it was a one-on-one at the court he didn't care if it was the all-star game where people get lackadaisical and you know just want to like go through the motions he was going to defend you and he was going to play he was going to play lights out and so they played lights out it was a great ass game to watch the all-star weekend in general was pretty dope I mean um I know it was brick up there you know I, I was just seeing from people that went up there it was cold as shit but it's Chicago, so what do you expect? Um, but the events, the All Star, the um, the Celebrity All Star Game was dope. I got a chance to look at that. That was cool as hell. Um, the dunk contest was better than I thought it would be um, because, like, I knew I knew it'd be a show with Aaron Gordon, but I didn't think it would be that competitive in the in the sense of who he was facing. You know, like the previous, the last one. Um, the previous one, the one that was in Charlotte, I was impressed with. I didn't know I didn't know those guys, but I was impressed with it, and I was glad that it was a decent, halfway decent dunk contest because of it being in Charlotte. I was like, man, I hope this shit don't be lame because it's here in my city. But um, 
this Chicago one lived up to the hype. I mean, it lived up to the hype. It went to like six freaking overtimes when it comes to like tying it up um, as far as them not being able to find a winner with Aaron Gordon and uh, D. Smith Jr., homie uh, homie from Miami. And uh, they ended up giving it to D. Smith Jr. There was a lot of controversy, of course, um, dealing with Aaron Gordon not being able to, again, getting robbed and not being able to uh, solidify that. I honestly feel like he got robbed. Anybody that does the dunks that he did, um, I don't think it should have went to that many. Um, It's almost like they kept going. I get him to the degree of, like, you keep going to find a winner. But at the same time, like, this is in the middle of the sink. This is in the middle of the season. And it's like, come on, like, you don't want these guys to, like, pull out a hamstring trying to dag on and impress the crowd. You've already impressed them for over five rounds. Like, it was that good of a dunk contest. Like, these cocks were getting nothing but 50s back and forth, back and forth, him and D. Smith. I don't remember the other two niggas that was in it. It's just I just look at him and D. Smith, Aaron Gordon and D. Smith. And um, it got to a point where they end up giving um, Gordon a lower score at the end because of the, the, the dunk that he did over Taco, over Taco, um, I want to say Falls. Um, for you guys that don't know, that's unfamiliar with basketball. This guy's like seven six. The guy that he dunked over, and so like I was already impressed on the fact that he had the ups to do that, and the dunk that he did with it. So, I mean, outside from that dunk, man, his dunks were. He has classic dunks. He has like I didn't. I didn't think I would ever see some of the dunks that this cat has came up with in the past two. Um, because he didn't compete last year, but the year before that, when he was with Zach Levine, he went back and forth with Zach Levine, which I feel like he should have won that one in Toronto, because he did amazing dunks to where to the point where I had never seen this shit before, and so it was the same with this one. Like he did some, he did a couple dunks like Vince Carter did back in the day, where it's like I had never seen these dunks done, and so to like to revive, because I feel like him and Zach Levine a couple years ago revamp the dunk contest because before like 2016 or whenever that dunk contest was it was getting kind of boring and like the transition of how the how the league was going you would be more entertained watching the three-point contest than the dunk contest but um I feel like if it wasn't for cats like him that know they have the ups and know they have the creativity because I feel like a lot of people are afraid to get into the dunk contest because like they may not they may be able to like like D-Way was said D-Way said it's a difference between in-game dunkers and then creative dunkers, you know, just on the spot, like contest dunkers, because you got to be, like, creative, you know. In-game is more spontaneous. We just, like, drive it in the lane and, like, fuck it, I'm just going to yam on this cat. But when the spotlight's on you, it's just you having to create these dunks. That takes a lot of creativity. And so kudos to the guys that do that, because it takes, it takes a lot of creativity to be able to dunk and the high caliber that they're trying to do it in front of a crowd like that. And just try to still get a high score, and so I feel like it was a good event overall. I like I feel cats when they say that, and I feel Aaron. I feel Aaron Gordon because he was like, man, I ain't doing this shit no more. He already got felt like he got robbed twice because I felt like he should have won the last time, even though it's historic of a um, dunk contest that was with him and Zach. I feel like he got Zach just like I feel like he got. I feel like he got Smith when it came to if not, he didn't get Smith. Now I feel like he got Zach. He definitely got Zach in Toronto. I feel like that. But I feel like if he didn't get, because I ain't going to lie, Smith was right there with him. He was, and one thing about Smith, he was knocking his shits out, like, right on the first try. So I feel like that's why they gave him, they ended up giving him the nod. But 
um, it shouldn't even went that far. I feel like they should have got to the point where I was agreeing with Kenny the Jet, where they should have just end up um, tying it. You know, just tie it like you do everything else. You know, only thing you don't tie is like championships, like um, you know NBA Finals and shit like that. But like co MVPs, like they're saying, like you can have two MVPs. It's been two two MVPs in a season. It's been two MVPs in um in a in an All Star game. You know what I'm saying? You can you can co that. And so I feel like they could have code that because it was so good. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like, I feel like they both should have won, man. And so I feel people when it came to that. I feel like that was an option they could have did as well, but they didn't do. But overall, dope All Star weekend, man. It was dope to see, you know, um, throughout the, you know, the past couple weeks and stuff with the passing of Kobe, having a shine of, um, you know, joy in people. I could see like people were just happy to be around each other, you know, happy to like, you know, especially the basketball fraternity it was it was dope to see like people smiling and like you know honoring him and like it was a good send-off um well it was a good send-off commercially because I know um he was buried Kobe Kobe was buried I want to say the seventh he was buried the seventh it was a private it was a private service and um he was buried near his home they're saying and I know Staples is talking about that like how they did with Nipsey they still got that to do the actual memorial memorial um like the the memorial the memorial for the public he already like i said is buried and had the they had the private funeral with the family but they're going to do a public memorial at staples center like how they did with nip and um but not like with his casket being there i think it's just going to be like a memorial and um i think that's going to be later on this week cuz i feel like they were striving for like because throughout this break they wanted to do it at a time where like cats wasn't playing you know, after All Star, you they get a little break and then they go back into playing basketball. And so, um, I would have wanted them if they are. I know it's coming up because they they already doing like sales for like general public to try to um, buy tickets. It's very like a small amount of like general public tickets that's going out for sale. Um, but they I seen the price ranges for them. But um, that's let me know it's coming in within the next. If not this week, then next week I see the memorial happening. And so um, with that, I feel like that'll be the official, like, send-off. And, you know, that'll be the official send-off for the boy, for the Mamba. But I feel like he would have been proud, daggone. Um, he would have been proud watching that. That that, that was dope. I, I just felt like I know for a fact him and Gigi would have been there watching them. And, um, yeah, it would have been, you know, it was dope to see them daggone compete like that. Because, uh, honestly, I hadn't seen him compete like that since Kobe was in it. Um, like, the the year that he got out, it was a good com- – it was competitive sending him off right. But, uh, yeah, man, good All-Star weekend, good All-Star shit. Dope. Throughout um throughout that, I got a chance to catch up on this show that I've been meaning to watch Um, that I recommend for you guys called High Fidelity. High Fidelity is on Hulu, and it stars Zoe Kravitz. Um, really, <laughs> really dope, funny-ass show. Um, it's like 10 episodes. If you're looking for something that you can get through within like a matter of like a couple of days or a weekend, um, High Fidelity, I recommend. It's not too short. It's not too long when it comes to episode um, time and like size. Like I said, 10 episodes. And it's we're ranging anywhere from like 30 to like the final episode was like 27 minutes. But it's pretty good, man. I, I, I would say think like comedy meets like a little bit serious, serious moments, you know, girl in New York, um, almost on some like 
it's like I, I feel like a female version of Master of None. If you liked Master of None, if you guys ever are familiar with that uh, show, it was a Netflix series that Aziz Ansari did that I'm waiting for the third season to come back because it was dope. It's like a female perspective of that that I feel like um you guys would enjoy. She did a phenomenal job on that. The cast, um, the the people that's a part of the whole um show, um, some new faces that I've never seen before. Um, they all do a really good job. And like I said, it's short and sweet. Um and yeah, I would definitely recommend checking that out. Zoe Kravis is definitely, you know, she's been I mean I mean, she's pretty much Hollywood royalty, of course, with her parents coming from like Lenny and then, you know, Lenny and then um, Lisa Bonet. But her getting into her lane the past, like I would say half decade, being her own woman and stuff has been dope to see that, especially getting more like bigger roles and, you know, doing a damn thing when it comes to just, um, you know, being on her own, being on her own, like. Having carving her own lane, just being Zoe, not Lisa Burnett's daughter. You know what I'm saying? Or Lenny Kravitz's. You know what I'm saying? She's Zoe. She is herself, and it's dope to see that. Like she got married last year. That's dope to see that. Like getting into her own. You know, just getting in her own groove and like being dope. She's also playing um Catwoman. Catwoman's coming up on um Catwoman twenty. I want to say twenty twenty one. They're pushing for that new Batman film, where um she will be playing. She will be playing Catwoman. Um, Robert Patterson. I don't know the whole cast, but I do know the main three, which is like her playing Catwoman. Um, Robert Patterson. Um, if you guys remember him from like the Twilight series and the recent success of like Lighthouse, he'll be playing Batman. Um, Colin Farrell is playing Penguin, I believe, and it's a list of other like main. You know, of course, it's it's a big budget movie, so they're gonna have some big names in it. But I'm I'm yay and nay on it, man. I mean, I mean because it's like it's I'm of course I'm probably gonna go see it because I'm a comic book head. But at the same time, it's like when I when I first heard of another one coming out, um, this is before I knew who was in it. I was like, man, this is before they announced like the cast. The cast that I kind of want to see the cast now, cause I'm a big like I said, I fuck with Zoe, I fuck with Robert, what he's been doing as of late. I fuck with him in Lighthouse, so I'm curious to see how he can transition that into being like. You know, um, Batman. And I'm a big Colin Farrell fan. I fucked with him on that True Detective, even though a lot of people shed on that season. I liked him in it. He was one of the main things that I did like in that season was him being aggressive as he was as a detective. Um, but I'm yay and nay with it. At first, I was pissed off with it because I was like, man, this is another fucking Batman film. But then I had to understand, which is it's inevitable. It's always going to be Batman films. Because even though as I'm getting older, people are like you know, getting born into this world, you know what I'm saying? People are getting born into this world. People are, you know, we've got 10 year olds, we got 11 year olds. People don't like they, if, of course, if less their parents are like comic book nerds, they probably, as soon as they get to like our age where they can remember like 10 or like, you know, my kid are probably like, um, God willing, if I have one, will watch like, Dark Knight, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna put him on game with shit like that, you know. Dark Knight, the first Batman, you know, Batman the animated series. But you know, to certain generations, like this is this could be considered like their Dark Knight, you know what I'm saying? And so that's what made me be like, well, yeah, then because like at first I was like, man, there's so many movies, so many comics that we haven't even like touched yet that they keep feel like making the same type of comic, which I still, I still not comic but comic book movie and I still kind of feel that way to a degree but at the same time I'm not against it 
like I was thinking early because I wasn't thinking about the future generation of cats that's never seen that. You know what I'm saying? Or like, you know, cats that are like, you know, they may be Zoe fans. And you know what I'm saying? These are new actors, new day and age where like they're getting the attention of a whole new generation of people. And so I'm for it and I'm I'm yay and I'm nay. I just wish it'd be more. If they're going to do that, they got to balance it out with at least more of the indie type of comics. You know, like the remakes of like shit that people have been waiting on forever, like the spawns and shit like that. Because that's been been wanting to be in the making forever and I'm waiting for that to happen. Um Seth, the guy who's the creator of it, has been talking about that since like two thousand sixteen and um says it's gonna be in a different direction, more of like a horror type of like essence to it. More than uh compared to the the previous one that Michael Jai White was a part of. And then we're still waiting on the Black Adam film that The Rock's supposed to be in. Um that I, I don't know what's what's the progress on that because that was supposed to I mean, I know he was officially supposed to be part of it. Um, this is like, it's like three, four years back. I heard about this news, but, um, Hey, some, I could be completely wrong. Um, Titus J 704. <laughs> you guys know my shit on Instagram, uh, anchor.fm slash as of late, as of late. Um, let me know if I'm wrong about that. Let me know the status of this black Adam film. Cause that's something that I've been waiting for as well with the rock being in it. Uh, speaking of the Rock, um, congrats to the Rock. Um, his daughter, I see that his daughter, um, um, Simone Simone Johnson, uh, she's gonna be the um, the first fourth generation WWE wrestler, um, which is pretty fucking dope when you think about it. I mean, how it goes down from generation to generation to generation. The fourth, the first one, and she's a female, so that's 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 dope news to hear especially coming from one of my favorite wrestlers the rock and um just that you know it's a good start to good news from that camp after the um how it ended last year with them with the passing of one of the cats in the generation um his father and so i feel like that's a step that um that's a step in the good news in a good direction when it comes to the Johnson family. Cause I know, like I said, he just lost his father last year who was very instrumental in his, in his life. Like I said, we're talking about fourth generations of wrestlers, um, the history, you know, the stories that these people must have. And then for her daughter, for his, for his daughter to follow in his footsteps, um, you know, that, that's a special, I can only imagine. Cause you know, like I said, I don't have any children, but I can only imagine that that because you don't you know, you just want the best for your children at the be- at the end of the day. You just want the best for your kids. You don't, you want them to like go into any kind of positive direction. They don't have to follow in your footsteps, especially if you like somebody like a Michael Jordan or like, you know, like the rock or something like that, where your name is so big. You don't want your kids to kind of like be in that shadow, if that makes sense, because it's, gonna you know, like kind of like with Jordan's kids, it, it would have been hard for them to like try to like play ball and like I feel like they would always be like um it takes a it's a special type of grit to like weigh that on your you know weigh that put that on your shoulders be like you know what yeah I do know like that's I do know my my father's pedigree I do know where I come from and I'm I'm just gonna outwork everybody and be the best you know like fuck it you know um I feel like doing that and deciding that because you never know if your kids want to follow in your footsteps or not the ones that do I feel like that builds some kind of um, special kind of bond. I, I feel like that's a that's a special type of bond that they build with that. Cause I feel like the father would look at that and be like, well, damn, like if he wants to do that or she wants to do that, especially the father daughter relationship, 
it's probably like totally different. You know, like I can only imagine like probably like, you know, again, going back to Kobe, like RIP to him and his daughter. She was the one that followed that was following in his footsteps when it came to like playing ball. So I, I can only imagine it was probably like a special type of connection that they had to where it was like, wow, like now, like I finally got a child that wants to actually learn this shit, like wants to be a sponge. And I'm one of the best teachers to give her this advice to when it comes to the game and IQ. Like I can only imagine. I could. I was looking at videos of her in the rock, um, and you could see it. You could see it. Like just like how you could see it with Cole when he was making pointers to Gigi and shit. You could see the excitement in the rock's face when he was giving pointers and like coming to visit her doing wrestling, um, because like she's already like in like the um the she's already wrestling or training in Florida in the WWE headquarters. Like they have like a the, the whole wrestling training shit to where like you know they have like this shit set up like the nba pretty much it's just like you got many wrestling camps and then you got you know your individual independent markets and then like if the wwe feels like you know you're worthy enough they send you to their camp which their main headquarters is in uh their main training facility anyway is in florida and so it was dope to see him visiting her and not only giving her pointers, but like giving her whole class pointers of like how to do certain things, how to like, you know, how to um, balance in the, you know, the physical with the, you know, the, the acting. Cause it's like, it's, it's a balance of both. Like it's, it's very dope to see that like the behind the scenes of, of it. I've always been a fan of wrestling. So it's dope to see that, you know, I would, you know, and like I said, that's a connection that I feel like, you know, I, with the father daughter and then following in the footsteps is probably a connection that this to a whole nother level of seeing that you know like i said like with Kobe, even with like with um charlotte you know look at charlotte and rick flair you know rick flair and his daughter charlotte who's now you know a certified star in her own right in the wwe um she didn't even, she, i mean them being from charlotte i kind of know the story she wasn't even like she went into wrestling because of the brother like really the brother was supposed to be that passed away he was following in the footsteps and um you know from like drug problems um and just his own battles his own demons um came to a demise and sadly he passed away at an early age and took her so off guard to where that's what really pushed her to like get into the business and like between that and then like her father being this legend just wanted to like carry on that name you know, that's what drove her to, like, be like, you know what, I want to carry on this name, like, I don't, you know, what that's, I, I'm not the man, but I'm, you know, I'm still in this blood, and I'm approved, and I'm gonna outwork any man, I'm gonna outwork any, any competitor that they put in my direction to show that the Flair name is still gonna be there, and it's the same with, you know, her, and it's the same with Simone and John, it's the same with, um, the Johnsons, with Rock and his daughter, so it's dope to see that, and, uh, so just dope to see that camaraderie and that connection between, you know, a, a father and his daughter. Um, going with that, I mean, that made me think about what I, what I just say, my love for wrestling. And so um, it made me just think about the the wrestling that I grew up on that's compared to the shit that's out today. And it's it's gotten, like, it went through a dry spell, but, like, from the markets to the streaming to, like, you know, you got AEW, you got um unicorn wrestling that i watch uh shout out to them that's in um northern new york area to you still got the wwe being the, the microsoft of all this shit it's not like how it used to be but i feel like it's getting better you know um not just when i mean like 
with WWE, their storytelling needs to improve. Shout out to Azale because I know he's going to talk shit. But it's still, like, to me, it was drier than this compared to, like, how it used to be. It compared, com, it was a season where it was drier than this. And so I'm glad to see it picking up again, at least more consistent. And, like, really how streaming and shit, I feel like it's going to get even better because you're going to have shit like the Wild Wild West where you don't have to just watch USA to watch WWE or Fox to watch WWE. You're going to have shit. Watch. Give it some time. You're going to have a show that's going to be on Netflix. You're going to have a wrestling shit that's going to be on Netflix. Or you're going to have a wrestling shit that's going to be on Hulu or Amazon Prime. And, like, these YouTube channels, this shit's going to pick up like crazy to where, like, wrestling is going to be like the Wild Wild West. You're going to have a bunch of different markets for it. Of course, you're going to have, like, like how you got, like, the NFL and the NBA. Um, But... I still think it's it's different with wrestling because you got you got creative like control, you got story writing to where like, you know, you can you can mix it up to where it's different from like, you know, the NFL and the NBA to where it's like, yeah, you got many camps, you got many NFLs and you got the XFL now come that came back, but the NFL said NFL. I feel like it's different with wrestling because you can create so many individual players individual wrestlers, individual story plots and like, you know, that has a lot to do with the writing as well that made these wrestlers um and and halfway with the wrestler as well the it factor of a certain certain wrestlers but some of them some of these stories um and transitions these cats um got help to become like the type of like character of a wrestler that they are and that has to do with a lot of good writing as well and so with that like i said i wanted to talk about like my my favorite wrestlers going up growing up i got um like i said from I got a solid ten for y'all. <laughs> I got a solid ten from y'all that I had to think about because I had to take some cats out. Um, but I do got some honorable mentions as well. But starting off with where we where we were just talking about with the Rock. I mean, the Rock. What more can I say about this guy? I mean, I grew up on him from the ring to daggone how he talked on the fucking mic to even his transition from becoming the big wrestling star he was to just the superstar that he became as like an actor i mean when you think of like box office now i mean he's one of those names that come up when it comes to like action and just like just being you know you know you're gonna get like if he's in a film you know it's gonna do good especially if it's like a jumanji or action type movie or something like that he's really transitioned all the way into becoming like a household name <laughs> excuse me it won't surprise me if this nigga end up running for president or some shit um don't don't quote me on that shit, but like it wouldn't surprise me for real. I mean, especially in this day and age, how motherfuckers you got like Trump and shit. Shit, I over over that nigga. Shit, I vote for the motherfucking Rock. Fuck it, I don't got what what do I got to lose with the nigga we got. We the nigga we got in office now. I vote for the fucking Rock. He he be rock bombing everybody, and so fuck it. Um, second on my shit, I got Stone Cold. I mean, come on, I grew up on this guy as well. I mean, still to this day. My favorite finishing move of all time. I mean, I put it. I mean, shout out to RK. Shout out to Randy Orton because this shit's right there when it comes to like fucking surprise attacking motherfuckers and shit with that shit. Um, the RKO is right there, but that stunner, man. You know, that motherfucker just be out of nowhere and just, just kick your ass in the in the stomach and then stun your ass. When that glass break and you hear that glass break and you hear him coming down that you see him coming down that aisle, man. When them like when it just that badass persona to just not taking no shit persona. Um, he had it all, man. He had the whole package, you know, that rattlesnake, you know, that dog, you know, black, white. He had fans all over the place talking about some light, and that's the bottom line <laughs> in Austin 316. And so, and even with his transition, he went out 
he's going out to one of the be the ones that's like a household name as well. He ain't like he ain't like um he is a superstar in his own right. He's not like um yeah, he ain't making movies and shit like the rock, but still he's in his own lane, you know, with his he kinda like on Joe Rogan shit. You know, he got his own podcast shit going on, he hosts his shows and so Stone Cold is making you know, he's still making his not only making bread, he always gonna be making bread, but at the same time he's he's carved his lane and that's dope to see that as well with these cats, just like with Paul players or anybody, like rappers with like Joe Budden. It's it's dope to see cats that I grew up on and then seeing their second life, you know, seeing like their their part two of like you know life after rap and life after wrestling. You know, that's why I feel like a lot of people was, um, you know, took the Kobe shit so hard because it was life after ball and they knew like the transitions that he was trying to make. So it's dope to see Stone Cold make that transition into being like, um a whole nother generation seeing him as like a funny podcaster and like telling these dope ass stories and giving advice for younger generations that trying to get into the game. And so like, I, I fuck with that on that sense when it comes to stone Cold. next on my list is the undertaker. Um, same thing with that gra- with that glass break. And when I heard that fucking bell ring and the lights go out, um, you know, that shit was popping. That motherfucker may come up out of nowhere. He daggone you. The lights come back on. He already be in the ring. He'd be like, what the hell's going on? And then in his prime, shit, and and Taker in his prime, man, that dude was like, he was, it was like a horror movie, dude. He was like a horror movie character in the ring. Like, he daggone, he was, he do the Dead Man Alive matches, daggone, motherfucker be popping out of daggone caskets and shit, daggone. When it came to, like, three, theatrics of, like, um, just living up to, like, that persona of being, like, you know, the creature of the night, the, the Undertaker just being... Yeah, that nigga was like, I ain't gonna front. He had me a couple spook, couple times when I was a youngster. Daggone, for real. I ain't gonna front. That motherfucker was like 6'10", too. That motherfucker big as hell. But, um, yeah, definitely I got to put the Undertaker on there because I grew up on him hard. And, you know, I still fuck with him to this day. Even though, again, like, shout out to Azale. I know he'd be like, his old ass need to retire. Fuck that Undertaker for life. He ain't, he ain't never gonna retire. Um, Next up, I got uh, Mick Foley. I got Mick Foley on here from under his persona, uh, under Mankind. I mean, we just talked about The Undertaker. He had one of the best matches I ever witnessed with The Undertaker, and that was um, that was the Hell in a Cell match, the Hell in a Cell match. Um, I don't know what year that shit was, but when I was a kid watching that shit, that shit blew my motherfucking mind. Like, to see him, like, throw Mankind all the way, like, 20-plus feet, and he lands on a daggone table. I thought that dude was dead, yo, for real. I thought he was gone. I thought it was a rap. I didn't even know they could show shit like that on TV when I was a kid. But uh, even, I mean, like, just somebody that was just fearless to the acting ability of playing so many different characters to, um, you know, even with Cactus Jack and the ECW, ECW, ECW days of just, like, putting his body on the line like how he did, man. Because a lot of people don't see the, like, the after effect of what this shit does. It's like any any athlete, you know, just because these guys have like story storylines and um certain certain um you know, I mean, it's it's fake to the degree of storylines, but these cats are still like getting themselves in shape and like going through physical turmoil. If you watch the behind the scenes of this shit, like it's still like they getting fucked up with that shit, putting their body on the line like that. It's entertainment for us, and so we consider all that shit to be fake. But nah, getting thrown on a table, that shit still sting, bro. <laughs> like, especially from 15, 20 feet. And so, like, just somebody that was a pioneer just putting his body on the line and not caring, not giving a fuck. 
I had to put um Mick Foley on that list. Uh, Booker T, Booker T, five-time champ, five-time WCW champ. Hulk Hogan, he's still coming for you, nigga. I mean, he had a great run. He had a great run from, like, I mean, from WCW to WWE, um, doing his shit with his brother earlier on with Harlem Heat to, like, even that weird-ass tag team shit that he did with Gold Dust for a little bit of time in the WWF or the WWE. I mean, and then just we talking about just, like, the culture impact the cultural impact for me, like just being an African American, to see somebody on the on the screen with my skin complexion, um, in wrestling was big for me. So a lot of the people on my list is the, they impacted me in ways of like persona, um, 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 how they their their ability to just be the character, um, culture stuff like that. Like I said, like being like a African American on the screen, and um, maybe just you know, my whatever I was dealing with at that time, being a shorter dude or a smaller dude or skinnier dude. Um, just uh, FYI for the remainder of this list, the people that I chose on this list. But, uh, yeah, Booker T. Uh, next on that, I got uh, Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson, to me, before Booker T, um, before um, Kobe, uh, Kofi, Kofi and, and his brothers, it was, to me, the first dude that I seen. I mean, of course I know it was you know, junkyard dog. Of course, I know it was other black dudes before this guy, but I man Johnson for my generation. I mean, for me, was the first black dude that I seen. Um, not only win a belt uh, when it came to like um, WWF, but like growing up, he was like he was just it. Like he, he was built like a damn football player. He was doing heavyweight title matches, and um, that was probably the first one where I was like, damn, that's a, that's a black, that's a dude, that's a brother dag on wrestling, like. Cause I ain't see it. I mean, I, we we see it a lot more now. But like, it's kind of like with women. You ain't see when you saw like a woman back in the day. She was like she. They weren't women wrestling. Wasn't doing that shit like they're doing now. Like only woman wrestler back in the day was like chicks like Lita and like China and like or like they would be like walking down the ring with a nigga or some shit. They weren't like wrestling like how they doing now. Like it's over like twenty twenty five different women wrestlers. Like we had like. Last year, I was watching a, a Royal Rumble, and they actually had a female Royal Rumble. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Like, that's just telling you how far. So it's the same with Africa. It's the same with, like, brothers. I do, I do see more brothers in wrestling. But, like, for me, especially back in the day in, like, the mid-'90s, like, yeah, he was one of the first ones. He was the first one that I seen. So I definitely salute to uh, Ahmad Johnson. It fits even perfectly because it's still February in this bitch. <laughs> so it's Black History Month. Some black knowledge for your ass. Uh, next on my list, I got Shawn Michaels. I mean, from, I mean, just, forget, I mean, forget about the fact that, I mean, he was probably, to me, like, the ladies, the ladies loved him. He was a ladies' man. He had the daggone funniest daggone stance when he got in the ring and did the muscle shit with the leg stretch um he was just a dog man Shawn Michaels was a dog and he he was a he was a smaller dog he was like he was like a small blue nose pit because like that's why I fucked with him because it's kind of like those cats that he was he was short he was like short for compared to the other wrestlers like in real life he's like six he's like six foot he's like my height but he was a smaller dude compared to the guys that he was wrestling, and he would be handling his shit, whether it be, like, with sweet chin music, hitting them niggas in the face with his foot, 
or you know like you know jumping off the turnbuckles i mean he would he would wrestle i seen Shawn michaels wrestle with anybody then he had the whole dx phase where he was kind of like the anti-hero you know people hated him but loved him because he was so like damn cool and dad gonna tell people to suck it i mean he's he's definitely up there when it comes to like me and my you know my time of watching wrestling i gotta i gotta put Shawn michaels up in there uh next up for me i got the charlotte native i mean rick flair rick flair He's been so consistent in wrestling that I can't say he was ahead of my time because Ric Flair came in my season. He, came, you know what I'm saying? He came in my generation. He, he's, he, if he, if his health wasn't as bad, I mean, he's probably still be in the ring now. I mean, for real, for real, he just got out of the ring probably like half a decade ago, and uh, that's because you know he was he was I was I was seeing him in the ring with Charlotte, and so that was like five years ago, and so. I mean, he's he's one of he was definitely one of the most consistent wrestlers that still would make an appearance, um, that was still daggone like be a crowd pleaser, still would like they have him whooping people's ass and shit, and just when it comes you know like somebody that I always would like even personally seen him when I was older downtown, um, likes his drinks, but I mean like everybody <laughs> you know, everybody has different stories about him. I personally like I said. Um, don't have no ill will towards him or anything. You know, like I said, my, um, that was a sad situation. I had a friend named Dominic actually wrestle against his son, um, the one that passed away. And so that was sad um, that it happened to him. You know, I never wish death on any, anybody's family or anything like that. But um, to see, like, his, like I said, his daughter living on, um, the name, the flair name. And just like I said, when we talk about just um, could talk shit with the best and outdress the rest of them, I mean... Ric Flair is up there, man, when it came to that swag. I mean, he still, like I said, relevant to this day because, you know, that was less than like three years ago that Offset came out with that song, Ric Flair Drip, had him on. That that got him, like I said, a whole new fan base. You know, Now people looking up old Ric Flair shit, especially when that uh, 30 for 30 came out. So, yeah, salute to Ric Flair, a Carolina native. Um, next up on my list, I got Farouk. Farouk, uh, <laughs> Farouk was a dog, man. He was he was my dog. Like I said, um, going back to kind of Booker T, going back to Ahmed Johnson, it, it was always cool to see people like that were black on the TV screen, especially when it came to like shit like wrestling, and so or you know anything that you're passionate about, you want to see like somebody similar to you, or that what you think is similar to you, you know what I'm saying, your your race or anything, and so it was dope to see that. Um, you know, somebody of my color on a TV screen, um, especially in the early years, like I said, um, and to me, his best years, his funniest years with the Nation of Domination. I mean, the Nation of Domination, I mean, that shit was like their, their, their black version of like the Black Panthers, but it was just like just a motherfucker, a bunch of black dudes whooping motherfuckers ass and shit. And so that was dope to see. Uh, it was like, man, who was it? It was like, like shout out to like the Godfather that was in that shit. Uh, shout out to D'Lo Brown. Dilo Brown, I was in this shit. You looking at the real deal now? Fucking, uh, damn, even The Rock was in that shit. The Rock was in that shit earlier on as well. If you guys remember, do your Googles on that shit. Back in the day, the, the Rock was in the nation of fucking domination back in the day before he became, like, solo. So, uh, yeah, shout out Farouk, man. Shout out Farouk. He he went on to do some other shit. I can't remember the other shit he was in, that, that fucking, like, security shit. But um, that's the shit that I remember him for. Like I said, this is the shit that I, memories that I will never forget. And uh, especially when it comes to, like, one of my favorite things to watch still is wrestling. And so, uh, yeah, I got to put Farouk on that list because, yeah, he was a pioneer for me growing up. Um, And next on my shit, 
I got the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. I put Brett the Hitman hard on this bitch because from, I mean, execution to knowing the craft really of wrestling, being in, like coming from a wrestling family, wrestling actually, and then like bringing in the charismatic and the persona of like what he did, the acting with it, but being a true really wrestler and, you know, and like, I mean, like I said, the most technical best at execution one of the best finishers with the sharpshooter you know how many kids i grew up daggone you know how many kids i used to try to sharpshooter on when i was a kid daggone everybody has those phases especially if you're a boy used to daggone wrestle whether it be on trampoline in the backyard and try to do these finishing moves on people whether it was the 3d or a sharpshooter or a ddt or something like i stayed trying to sharpshoot motherfuckers when i was a kid and he had my last name and so like funny story for y'all when i was a damn kid Back in the day, <laughs> this shit, this shit's funny as hell. When I was a kid back in the day, man, like, I used to think that everybody with my last name, like, was related. Like, like for real, I used to think, like, everybody, like, I don't care if you were black, white, Mexican. When I was young and I knew your name was Hart, I'd be like, oh, what the fuck? Like, why we, who, somebody connect me with this guy. Like, like yo, like, why we ain't talking to Brett? Like, we need to dag on. <laughs> I, I think, I don't know who it was I, I was with. And I was like, I was, I remember this shit to this day. It might have, <laughs> it might have been my mom, actually. I was like, yo, like. I was like, why aren't we talking to Brett? Like, why like, why don't we talk to Brett? And uh, she was like, boy, we ain't related to him. Like, what's going on? And I was like, what? Like, I just, it's just stupid, naive kids shit when you think, you know, you know, being a kid just thinking that shit to me, looking back on it, it's funny as hell. I used to think everybody with the last name, all the hearts were connected, all Williams were a gang, and like, that's just as funny as hell thinking about it now. But uh, yeah, that's one of the main reasons that I fuck with him, though, was not just like, the music and like you know the shades uh the persona um but that last name shit so that was funny as hell fun fact for you guys a little funny uh a little funny for you guys before i get out of here but yeah salute the brother him man heart man who daggone laid down a foundation literally the heart foundation uh because his family daggone you know carried that shit on to this day like neil near Earnhardt, heart you know um um his daughter is still wrestling to this day and, you know, R.I.P. to the brother, uh, Owen, that had that tragic accident that kind of messed up, you know, that, that fucked everybody up for a minute um, to this day. I mean, I was just watching an interview with Brett, how he's still, like, adrift when it comes to him and Vince McMahon's relationship because of that. He felt like shit should have just stopped and they should have, which I agree with, they should have shut that whole segment down once he, he got injured like that. I feel like, you know, the show shouldn't have went on. I agree. I take Brett's, I take Brett on that. Um, honorable mention for me, Ray Mysterio. Um, looking out for the little guys. That's another reason, like I said, I fucked with Shawn Michaels, but my 10 was already out the way. So I went with Ray Mysterio for honorable mention, just from the 619, the persona, like for the Hispanic community, wearing the mask, and just being a short guy that would fight anybody. You know, I mean, Ray Mysterio would fight Dagon, the Undertaker. He'd fight the Big Show if he could back in the day. And so I'm ending it with an honorable mention with Ray Mysterio. Um, yeah, so that's my shit. That's my shit. That's my shit when it comes to my 10. The Rock, Stone Cold, Undertaker, Mick, <laughs> Mick Foley, uh, Booker T, Odd Man Johnson, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Farouk, and Brad the Hitman motherfucking heart in this bitch, y'all. Honorable mention to Rey Mysterio. Uh... Uh, excuse me, Titus. <laughs> sorry, Titus J seven zero four. 
that's my Instagram. You guys, if you guys that's new, welcome. Continue to you know follow your boy on uh Instagram. Um, follow me on Spotify. Follow me on Apple Apple Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Anchor.fm slash As of Late is how you can find all that. Or like I said, if you're on Instagram, Titus J704 is my Instagram. Link in bio, you can find that as well on there, how you can listen to this shit on other platforms aside from Anchor. Um, That's the podcast for the day. I'll check back on you guys on Saturday. Peace.